Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. With spring racing pumping and the big races jumping, there's only one place to bet, Top Sport. And with Top Sport's new Same Race Multi, you'll see the odds skyrocket by combining your selections in a single bet. So whether it's the Eagle or the Derby, the Coolmore or the Cup, multiply your excitement with Top Sport. Download the app today for a faster, easier betting experience. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. It's the off-season, but the footy doesn't stop on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. It's Dream Team time, and we're conducting the interview in the Sunshine Coast finest restaurant and pizzeria, right in the middle of the Esplanade at Malula Bar. We're at Orgello's, and we're here because the boss is joining us. Billy Moore has dropped in once again on the podcast. Before we get into your dream team, mate, time to pump up the restaurant mm. with summer holidays and tourists about mm. to invade. Yeah, g'day, Andy. Pleasure to be on your podcast. Uh, always been a big fan of yourself, uh, very astute uh, Rugby League man and uh, one of the best presenters in the game. Uh, look, all Jellos has been here 27 years. Yeah. We're the oldest restaurant along the front in Malulaba. Wow. Uh, I've been here 12 years. Um, my Feels second, like 27. Yeah, yeah, it's my second restaurant. The first one I learnt, learnt what not to do. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, I always say, the greatest thing I did in my life was Screen Queenslander. The second best thing I did was buy half of all Jellos. It's, it's a brilliant. It. So we've won three World Five Australian pizza titles. Uh, it's If you want pizza and pasta and you've been to Malulaba in the last quarter of a century, you've been here. There you it's go. a piece of furniture. But the great thing that we do here at Orgello's is, and I'm a very strong advocate of this, you deserve nothing in life. I don't deserve my customers. I've got to earn them. Okay. So every day we produce the best pizza and pasta, and I'll, and I'll back it anywhere against anyone, that Love our pizzas it. will beat you anywhere in the world. Uh, but our staff are great. Mm. And, and, and our location is oh. superb. So Sitting please here looking at the beach. So for all uh, the podcast listeners, drop into All Jellos if you happen to find yourself here over the Christmas mm. holidays. Uh, if you're a Queenslander, there might be a discount. If you're New South Wales, ooh, there could be a surcharge. No, no, it won't be. No, it won't be. <laughs> I love it. Okay, dream team time. Any player, any era, any team. Sounds easy. It's not. It's your team, Billy. You're 13. Who's the fullback and why? Preface this, this is my team to win. Yes. Yes, this is to win. Okay, well, this team will win. I've gone Darren Lockyer, number one. Yeah. Uh, I think he's the greatest example. Probably, along with Bobby Fulton, he actually mastered two positions. Great. Gives you great, great versatility. Yeah. But he's legitimately the best fullback in the world and then became the best 5'8 best in the world. Now, what do you think about that? A fullback is a whole runner. Yeah. A 5'8 is a whole creator. Yep. Completely different role. He did both those things. So yeah. he gets my number one job. Great field for for fullback, and a lot of people have put Lockyer in at number six in their dream team. It just goes to show what a special type of player mm. he was. And stats aren't everything, but you, you look at the history books and what he did, and it's all time. And I always use the Michael Jordan theory, and a couple of my players fit that mould. Yep. Michael Jordan missed more clutch shots than he made, but he still wanted the ball. Yeah. And you wanted to pass in the ball. Why? Because the ball in his hand meant the chance of you winning when it mattered the most yep. was always at its best. Lockyer, when you think about the great players he played with and, and the Australian dynasty that he was involved in, yeah. he, the ball needed to be in his hands for us to beat the Poms, to beat the Kiwis. Mm. And there were some wonderful series in that time of his era. 
it had to be in Lockyer's hands. Now mm. that shows you the quality of player he was. Okay, Darren Lockyer is the fullback. What about the uh, what about the wingers? Winger has certainly changed since mm. uh, since you debuted. But who have you got as your wingers? Well, mate, I think you might love this, and a few might from the retro area might love this. Love it. Number two should be an immortal, never will be because of the way the rules. Ken Irvine. Yeah. The great Ken Irvine. A little bit, uh, I suppose, nepotistic being a North Sydney man. Uh, 212 tries in 236 awesome. games. Now, when you think about that, 170 out of those games, he played on the end of the North Sydney back line. Yeah. That team didn't play finals football. So he wasn't getting a leg up. When you think about Billy Slater, the next closest one to him, yep. he was getting the ball that had gone through probably Cooper Cronks, mm. Cameron Munsters, Greg Inglis, you know, sort of hands before it got to him. Yep. And he was an amazing player. Obviously, Cameron uh, Cameron Smith around the ruck would put him through holes. Well, Ken yeah. Ovine wasn't afforded that luxury. Yeah. He had to do it himself. Now, I just think when you look at the numbers and you realise when you frame it up that way, mm. there is no one greater. Because 236 games, I think Billy Slater played about 340 and yeah. he scored 190 tries. So Percentage-wise. Yeah. Think about Ken Ovine when he was in the clear. You weren't catching him. Interesting, we did a, uh, a Legend Series interview going back 18 months with the, the, the great Michael Cleary, a three-time mm-hmm. Australian representative who represented Australia in the Commonwealth Games as a sprinter. Mm-hmm. And he admitted Irvine had every bit of what Michael Cleary had in terms of athleticism and sheer pace. Mm. For a Commonwealth Games medalist. Yeah, well, there you go, that frames up. And, yeah, doesn't it? And... Irvine had no weakness in his game. He could tackle. He could do all those sort of jobs. Uh, obviously, he was taken from us too young. Leukemia, I think, at, at 50 years of age. Yeah. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. Uh, very early on when I first got the Norse, yep. when I was uh, 17, That'd 18. a huge buzz. Oh, yeah. We look back. Obviously, then we didn't know that he was going to become yep. – you know, the, well, he already was the player who would become, but the accolades that rolled in. Mm. So, Ken Irvine, one we got. The other one, a little bit uh, eclectic, Roger Tuivasa Sheck. Wow. Yeah. The reason being, you said winger. Yeah. You think of Tuovasek at the end of his career when hopefully he comes back to our game, he played fullback. Yeah. But remember when he was in that Roosters team that won the GF? Yep. That year, he was Bradman esque. Yeah. He, he ran for more metres than everyone else times two. Yep. He was untouchable. And when he retired or stepped aside that year and went to the Warriors, mm. um, the coach, Robinson, said, we will finish down the bottom of the table. And I think they finished last or second yeah. last because he realised the impact that Tuovasek made. Great finisher, great defender, yep. great natural ability. Could beat people one-on-one. Yep. I know there's some, some wonderful wingers, but I'll throw two of us a check in my team because I know he would do his job. Okay. Uh, Darren Lockyer at fullback, Ken Irvine, Roger two of us a check on the wings. What about the centres? Well, they come out of the, the, the Halcyon team, both Immortals, Mel Meninga and Reggie Gaznia. Yeah. I'll take Mel. And when you think about, too, the contrasting style of player – Mel, I had the pleasure of playing with him. He was a great captain, uh, but he was a big game player. Yep. And I remember tackling Mel, playing against him, and I got up and I said, oh, how are you, Mel? How's the family? And I forget who it was. It might have been Josh Stewart behind me. As Mel's walked away, he goes, what the effing are you doing? I said, well, he goes, you're being nice to him. I said, you don't want to make Mel angry. <laughs> Suck up to him as long as you can. Yeah. But but Mel was a great play. He was a great yeah. – and what he could do to turn a game around, what he could do to seal a game. Yep. I'll take Mel every day of the week. Now, Reg Gaznia, obviously, well, I never played with him. Yeah. Or, you know, I've seen clips of him. The Prince of Centres. Yeah. To what he did, to be one of the four first immortals. Yep. 
Um, and, and there's some wonderful centers in our game, and it's evolving. I just think that he would be a superstar in any era yeah. and getting the opportunity to be on the fringe, on the edge. God help anyone who's going to try and tackle him. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, the theme with these dream teams, because we are picking the elite, irrespective of what era these guys played in, they would have been superstars mm. in any other era. Mm. Okay, let's move into the halves. The six and seven, who's running the show in the Billy Moore dream team? Well, no real surprises here for Billy Moore. Obviously, the, the Queensland passionate fan. Lewis is my six. Yeah. The king. Think about the king, though, the trailblazer. You've got to remember, he came into Origin. He was there for uh, 980 game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't five eight played a lock, then went to not eighty nine. Sorry, eighty one was five eight from then on. Yeah, he made us believe. He made Queenslanders believe. Yeah, he was the one. That, he was the icebreaker, and he was the one that turned the longest losing run for Queensland into this juggernaut. And yep. by the we we won stuff in the early eighties, but by the end of the eighties, we were a powerhouse. Yeah. And uh, I remember 88, 89, we whipped New South Wales, and mm. that was probably Queensland's best era, best yeah. team, until you rolled into what we've just gone through yeah. in the in the uh, late noughts, early tens. Yeah. But Lewis could do everything. Yeah. And, and he is – I talk about Lockyer, but, but he is my Michael Jordan man. Yeah. And, and, and he was the one – and you could see he was that good, New South Wales hated him. Yeah. You know, when you look at someone like a Lockyer, he was great, but this guys didn't really hate him. Yeah. But Lewis, he was the anti-hero. Yeah. And that gives him a little bit extra flavour too. Yeah. Because he was our king. Yeah. And, and, and for New South Wales, he was their arch enemy. Yep. And he played off it. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think anyone could logically dispute Wally at six. Who are you partnering with Wall? Langer. Yep. Big elf. Big elf, little elf, obviously. He was the best player I played with. Really? Alfie made everybody look good. I played against mm. Lewis. I played against Kenny. I played against Sterling. You know, I, I, when I played with Johns, yep. he wasn't at his best. So yep. I'm just going off what I played with. He was in his prime when I met Langer. And this is the thing about Alan Langer. He never threw you a bad pass. He really? made He made average good and good look great around him. Mm. He was that sort of player. Massively motivating, not through words but through deeds. And you look across and you think, what am I doing? You know, I'm 20, 25 kilos heavy in this bloke. I'm probably fitter than this bloke. Yeah. You know, you know, he's got a shit pass, a little shit, troubly kick. Yeah. Can't really tackle that well, but he's our man. I just think that Langer personifies making the yep. most of your assets and his ability, his rugby league IQ, I thought was at the highest level. Um, superb player, and he, he was my, he's my seven in a very hotly contested position. Absolutely. Gordon Tallis told us the story of uh, one of his early origins, and he looked around the dressing room and he was in awe of the guys that he was in mm. sharing a dressing room with. And he looked into the corner and Alfie was spewing. <laughs> and Gordon thought, well, well, if he's nervous, what am I doing here? Do you, do you recall our pre-game? Because yeah. apparently it was every game. Uh, yeah, every game. He even did it during trials, I was told. Wow. But I remember, yeah, one of my first games, I was in the cubicle and I, I was thrown up and someone else in the next cubicle was. When I saw, when I went out, that Alan Lane came out of the cubicle after me, I didn't feel so bad. Yeah. But it was every game. And, and, and you'd just see him and you're thinking, mate, this guy's our leader. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen here? Is, is he in control? But as soon as he crossed that white line, different elf. That is an amazing mindset uh, and, and, and state of composure once 
the business starts. With Top Sports' new same race multi, you'll see the odds skyrocket by combining your selections in a single bet. Multiply your excitement this spring carnival with Top Sport. Top Sport, feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Okay, our back line, Darren Lockyer, Ken Irvine, Roger Tuavasa, Sheik Mal Meninga, Reg Gaznier of the centres, Wally Lewis, Alan Langer are our halves. Now the real fellas, <laughs> the, the workers. Who have you got at 13-year-old position, Bill? Bradley Clyde. Yeah. He was my benchmark. Was he? 100%. He had what I wanted. Yep. He had the Australian jersey, and I played against Clyde, uh, 92, 93, 94 yep. uh, in origin. Uh, played against him at club level, played against him in um, two preliminary finals. Uh, Billy Moore judged himself on one thing. I didn't care what anyone else said, is whether I was a better player than Clyde wow. on that day. And unfortunately, <laughs> there was very few games I could ever say that I got the better of Bradley Clyde. But he, he was – it, it, drill down, this is Billy Moore talking to Billy Moore. Yeah. To me, to be a better player, I have to be better tomorrow than him today. What does the best look like? I've got to go and find the best. And I want to, if I want to be better than the best, I've got to beat the best. That was Bradley Clyde to me. Wow. And I drilled it down to that level, that level of intensity, where for that four or five years, and I was a young man, and he wasn't much older than me, but Clyde, he redefined number 13 play. Yeah. He, his level of intensity, his level of engagement, his level of class play on the platform of high work rate. Yeah. He could do magical things. But he wasn't saving himself those magical things. He'd still do his 30-odd tackles. Yeah. He'd still do 20, 20 or so hit-ups, you know, coming mm. out from his end. Because if he didn't make the tackle on the kicker, he was the first guy to get back. Yeah. So I remember I, had, I watched and analysed him, and it used to hurt. Because I'm going, that's what I've got to do. That's what he does. I've got to be better. So I used to have to push myself going, as soon as I want to have a rest, I go, Clyde doesn't rest. Wow. Run back. Make that next tackle. Mm. Make the next hit-up. Make the support run. So to me, I put Clyde there because one of the greatest adversary I played against, never as good as him. I was good, he was great, but uh, he'd be my 13 for sure. Interesting with Brad uh, because he was, was and is just such a, a nice, decent human. Doesn't say a lot of words, but was in a football side with mm. Mal, Ricky, Laurie, Steve Walters, guys that did occupy headlines. Mm. Mm. I still think Brad Clyde probably doesn't get the raps that he deserves because he's the quiet one out of the group. Mm, mm. Well, he can get lost in the conversation a bit. Yeah. And he doesn't – well, since his career, he hasn't really propelled himself into nah. the media much. It's funny, you know, you, you build up this image in your mind. I didn't really get to know Clyde even okay. as a player. And you, you build up this image and, and you know, so he, he was the benchmark. He was better than me. So I always had this, like, little bit of angst against him. Yeah. And I met him and we went on TV together. <laughs> and uh, I remember said uh, – Paul can ask me a question about Bradley Clyde. I said, yeah, the problem is, I want him to be a prick. He's actually, he's actually a nice bloke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, then. Too true. Okay, Clyde locking the scrum. Who have we got in the second row, mate? Well, I've got, as I said, it's, this is my team. I've gone for balance. Yep. Uh, I've gone for Gordon Tallis and Gary Larson. Yeah. And when you think about it again, like the centres, these are two players. This is my team to win. Yeah. To win. Not, 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 you know, you're not putting superstar for superstar that doesn't combine. Yep. This is a playing team. Gary Larson, he never had a bad game in his life. The most consistent player yep. I ever played with. It was amazing to play with. I played 17 Origins, he played 24, and everyone I sat beside him. And I, I, I played Origin just after I was 21, so I was a sponge. Yeah. 
I was learning, I was watching what Mel Meninga, Alan Langer, Steve Walters were doing in the room. You know, you know what were these guys doing? And I noticed Gary Larson, uh, what, what he's doing, and, and he'd come in at half time. He had such an influence on me. Come in at half time, he'd go, Oh, mate, you're playing great, you're killing him. I said, <laughs> He'd go, Mate, how many tackles have you done? You're killing him. And he wasn't being facetious or a smart ass. I go, I don't know, mate. I don't know if I'm tired. He goes, Oh, mate, you're going great. I'd go along, quick, check the tackle counts because we used to have them on sheets back then. Yeah. I'd do 25 tackles in the first half. Gary's done 32. Wow. I might have missed a couple. He's missed none. The other thing about Gary defensively, I would like to challenge anybody. There would be very few players, if any, actually was able to do more one-on-one big, big clean shots. Yep. We didn't need anyone else's help. Normally with a big guy, you, you might make the most majority of the tackle, but someone come across the yeah. flops. He would drop so many blokes in a game. One-on-one. Where it was, as a defensive comrade, yeah. it was great because you didn't have to use any more energy. Yep. He would drop him and you might go to second marker and work from there, but rather have to get there and wrestle. And yep. he, he was one of the cleanest big tackle hitters I'd ever seen. Is that tackle technique, is it? Tackle technique. Yeah. And, and, and the last two steps yep. where it was drive up and in. Big, um, strong kid too, Gary yeah. Larson. I mean, And he had three knee recons. Uh, yeah. he, he was a centre. He played rugby union, Australian schoolboys as a centre. Was he really? Uh, and then obviously evolved into a back rower. Yeah. Um, so I played with him at North and sat beside him with a great day fairly for probably 200 or like 211 games. Yeah, yeah great. But I watched Gary and he, he was – I'd have him every day on my team because you just know as a player and as a coach, he will give you eight and a half out of ten every day. Yeah. Gordon Tallis, well, the raging bull, not much more needs to be said about him. You need an intimidator. You need that bloke, don't you? Yeah. So an intimidator, power, the passion. Yeah. Had ball skills. Yeah. But th- those three things, intimidator, mm. power and passion. Billy, in 2022, we, we can't do what we used to do and we can't mm. throw hands uh, and intimidate in that sense. Is there still room for a Gordon Tallis, for an intimidator. Can you still intimidate without throwing punches? Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can, 100%. That's a really good point. And a lot of people say to me, the game's soft. The game's not soft. No, it's not. I love this saying, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Yeah. The faster you make the game, the more you lactate. When, you lact- when you're lactating yeah. and, and, and the lactic is flowing through your body, all of a sudden you find holes to hide in. So the game's not soft. So there's always going to be a place for an intimidator. And you look at today's intimidators, uh, Jared Maria Hargreaves. Yeah. He's an out-and-out intimidator. So you need that sort of player, yep. that, that standover merchant. Yep. Gordon could do the standovering. At the same time, he'd beat you on the fringe. Yeah. So he'd have a running battle with Andy Raymond. Yep. And he goes, because you're the alpha male, he'd stand up to you. Yeah. But then he wouldn't get lost in that battle. He would then go and score a try on the fringe or he'd yeah. set a try up. That's the skill. That's why it makes his turn. That's the art Because he's, he's, yeah. he's not a thug yep. intimidator. He's a class intimidator. Yeah. It almost lulls you into the battle into the intimidation, yeah. trying to put you off your game, but knowing he still is going to do his job. I don't think there's been a better one of those. Okay. What about uh, up in the front row? Who have you got in the middle? Well, I've, number nine's Cameron Smith. Yeah. I don't think – well, he, I think he's the greatest rugby league IQ player I've ever seen. Yep. When you think about him, he wasn't that big. No. Wasn't that fast. But there's been no one that – his, his records will never be beaten. Yeah. And he wasn't like he he saved himself either. Like he put himself in the amount of defence he would do every game. Yeah. So he was ticking those boxes, but at the mm. same time, when he picked the ball up from dummy half, and not, he, he wasn't a Benny Elias sort of darting. He wasn't a Damien Cook type of yeah. darter. He'd just pick it up and somehow he would bamboozle 
the markers yep. and the A defenders to the point where they got lost in the, yeah. in the whole Cameron Smith story. He was a snake charmer. Yeah. A, a magician. Yeah. Look at the left while I hit you with the right. Yeah. And the thing about it, he did it every game. I, I always reckon this. Yeah. Again, when Billy Moore judged Billy Moore, I always wanted to be in the top six players on the field every game. Okay. Now, that was in my 250-odd first grade state of origin yep. you know, test sort of career. Um Roughly 250 games. Be top six. I reckon I achieved that oh, tw- somewhere between 25 to 40% of the time. Maybe top yeah. six players on both teams on that field that day. Yep. You know? uh, if you pushed up to half, that would have been great. Yeah. I reckon Cameron Smith was in the top six players on the field in his 500 games. Yep. 95% of the time. Maybe really? 98. Really good. When call. you break it down that way. He influenced nearly every game he played in. Yeah. Every time. Even the side lost. Yep. Too true. Uh, Cameron Smith hooking. Very hard to argue that. Uh, who would you have as your props? Glenn Lazarus is one. Yeah. Uh, the brick with eyes. When you look at the old saying about props, it's the easiest job to describe, hardest to do. Glenn Lazarus could do it with a plum, time after time after time. And the opposition, whether the origin or club football, because I played against him when he played obviously for um, Canberra and the Broncos, you knew he was the one you had to stop. Yep. He was virtually unstoppable. He's, you think about his body shape, yeah, but he, but he was quite an athlete for a big guy. He could motor. He could move. Yeah. Uh, and everyone forgets that he he was wasn't really one of those offloading type players, mm. but but he he would he would bend the line, and that's paramount in this team for me to win. Yeah, you got to bend the line. The other one, a little bit of contrast, like when you look at the centres in, in my back row, is the contrast is Arthur Beaton. Yeah, so Arthur was the ball player. I mean, we talk about when someone does a pass these days, you go, oh, it's Beaton esque. Yes. We still refer to him in 2022. That miracle ball. Yeah. I look at Arthur Beaton from another angle too. How much does our game owe Arthur Beaton, the first Aboriginal national captain of any sport? The guy that led Queensland out in 1980. I can Mm. clearly remember my dad nearly had tears in his eyes Mm. when Arthur Beaton, I was sitting on the lounge room floor, I was nine years old, and that's what made made me to play for Queensland, the chalk dust on the chest as he ran out. Yeah. And I didn't know who Arthur Beaton was. And, And Dad said, oh, Arthur Beaton, he's my hero. He's the man. I said, how many origin games he played? How many state games he played? He said, none for Queens, and this is his first one. Yeah. And it was his only one. Yeah, it was. But our game probably owes Arthur Beetson more than any other player that's walked before or after. Love it. Okay, let's go through the side. Darren Lockyer is the fullback. The wingers are Ken Irvine, Roger Tuovasa-Shek. The centres, Mal Meninga, Reg Gaznia. The halves, Wally Lewis and Alan Langer. The forward pack is Glenn Lazarus and Arthur Beetson. As props, Cameron Smith as hooker. Gordon Tallis and Gary Larson in the second row with Bradley Clyde at lock. A quick breakdown for my passionate Queensland guest. We have one Kiwi, two Bears, eight Maroons and... Three Blues, another awesome dream team. I think the common thread, Bill, seems to be fitting these guys into a salary cap could be an issue. <laughs> you would, you'd need Nick Politis to help you out, I think. Bingo. Thanks for your time, <laughs> mate. It is always a pleasure. Thanks, mate. That's it for another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. And over summer, the footy talk just doesn't stop. It's the ultimate argument starter, and Mondays is Dream Team, where a current or former superstar drops in and gives their 13. Might be best ever 13, the best they played with or wish they had, 
Best drinkers, best looking, who knows? There's no rules, but plenty of laughs. Wednesdays, we catch up with one of the game's current players and put the spotlight on them with a collection of short interviews on a wide range of topics, both footy and away from footy. There's never been anything quite like this before, and we reckon you'll love it. On the weekend, the weekend session. Of course, you can invite any person, any era, any country or profession, dead or alive, to your place for the ultimate weekend session. Which eight do you invite and why? Our guests tell us who they've picked. We talk beers, barbecues and a bit of footy too. This is the only podcast in rugby league that speaks with the legends and not about them and we're not slowing down over the off-season. Before you go, if you've enjoyed this edition, throw a five-star rating and review at us on the podcast app you're listening on. It's huge for us as we look to grow the brand and bring you more. Hope you're enjoying summer and make sure you come back soon, legends. Legends.